This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by the Tenth Co., creators of science-backed supplements for mothers by a mother. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lucinda. And I'm Loz. I came across a post this week that I wanted to share as an opener. Whatever you think you can't do, just know there is someone who is confidently doing it wrong right now. They have no plans at doing it better either and people are paying them to do it. Please believe in your own excellence as much as they believe in their own mediocrity. I love that. What a great way to open the show. Ah, so good, isn't it? Today, the phrases working mums want to stop hearing. I think we're going to have some big opinions there. Does having a clean home make you a successful person? Why women are opting out of marriage? And your answers to our questions on how you cope with shitty daycare drop-offs. We've all been there. Insensitive comments from colleagues are harming working mothers, according to a new poll. More than half, 55% of working mums want to change workplace lingo as insensitive or ill-thought comments from colleagues can add to their challenges new research has found. I love this. Remarks by co-workers made towards working mums ranged from, she's only part-time and I forgot you leave early, <laughs> classic, to I wish I could have Fridays off. Friday's off, Darren, looks like looking after my child. Darren, it ain't a day off. He is Darren. He's so 60. annoying. He's never fucking changed a nappy in his life. Exactly. And I bet it feels like a break coming into the office, to be fair. Uh, sometimes I do agree with that. I think any work day feels like a break. Yeah. The poll also found that 63% of working mums feel they need to work harder to prove themselves. That's so exhausting and so true. And 46% say that they need to convince co-workers that their change in hours doesn't impact their output. Nearly two-thirds, 63%, believe colleagues mean no harm when they make insensitive comments, which I can appreciate. And 26% admitted that a co-worker has corrected themselves midway through saying something ill-informed to working parents. I wonder if they were correcting themselves 10 years ago. Do you reckon that's new? People are becoming a bit more aware? Maybe. I mean, we've all done it. I've definitely made the off comment by accident. Oh, my God. You've just reminded me of something that I will never Oh, tell me. So I had the most beautiful manager in my last role at Cricket Australia. She was a female, a mother, a mother of two. And I remember her coming into the office late one day and she's like, oh, my son was sick or whatever. Her husband was staying home with the child, but I didn't realise it at the time. And she was just a bit flustered. And I was like, oh, no, and they really need their mum when they're like that. What I meant was <laughs> what I meant was the pressure you must feel when your child wants you is really hard. However, and I'm oh, so glad she said like this back to me. It sounded like such a horrible move. She said, well, well, he's with his dad. And I was like, oh, fucking respect. Because yeah. I did not mean that how it sounded. I feel and like I hate myself. Oh, I, I, ha- I want to punch me yeah, in the face. That's horrid. If someone said that to me now, I'd be like, fuck <laughs> you. Um, but you've just reminded me of that. And that is my blunder as a, a 20 something. Yeah, I didn't well, know better. I reckon my favorite one that I've had was when I had a sick child. I had a colleague ask me what I did yesterday. As though it was a day off. I was like, he's like, so what'd you get up to yesterday? I'm like, ah, 
a lot of cocoa melon on the couch. <laughs> a lot of crying. <laughs> like, what kind of a uh, question is that? It's so weird. Another one that I love is pregnancy brain. If a mother who's been through it says that to me, no worries. If yeah, a male yeah. who has never been through it comes up to me and laughs about my pregnancy brain, and I know I keep referring to Nell Frizzell, but I was laughing last night reading her book, The Panic Years, because instead she calls it gestational dementia. That's it's what I'm so good. She says it's a, it's a less patronising way of putting it. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's very funny. <laughs> For me, there is nothing more frustrating than when you return to work newly after having a child and you are trying so hard to like reassert yourself, pretend you've got all your shit together, which obviously you don't. Well, I definitely didn't. And having someone make a comment like that, like a flippant. It's a punch in the guts. It is because you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to be taken so seriously at work yeah. as if my child doesn't exist. Yeah. And on the home front, I'm trying to make sure that everyone's avoiding sickness. There's so much going on as well yeah. when you're going back to work because there's daycare, there's sick, unavoidable sickness. And then you're also trying to reassert yourself in the workplace. Yeah. And having kids ain't a holiday. Like I would prefer a holiday. Like when you're asking me things like, how was your day off? May I would prefer to be here or see you later like you're leaving early. I'm leaving early to pick up my kid. I'm not leaving early to freaking get a facial. I'm going back to the zoo. Yeah, exactly. You enjoy – I saw the funniest meme about like a dad getting in the car on the way home in like a mum-dad family and he's just like having the most relaxing time on the way home, just living his life and then he walks in the door and it's like (sighs) – Exactly. Well, that's that's what what it's like. like. It is. So when it comes to workplace lingo – I think the key takeaway here is be mindful who you're talking to, particularly to a new mum, because it can feel really overwhelming when, you, when you're going back to work. And instead of saying things like, how was your day off? Or, oh, and your kid really needs your mum today. Like yeah, I did. that's a bad one. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, either say nothing or... Yeah, just shut your mouth. Or that's offer to help. Idea. Be like, look, I noticed that you weren't here yesterday. What can I do to help? And 26-year-old Lucy, you're a dickhead. <laughs> Does having a clean home make you a successful person? I read this and, I mean, it's right up my alley. You were like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately, yes. Um, I read this the other day. One of the survey questions was how to stay at home mums measure success, which I thought was interesting. The top choice was the mental health of their children. Tick, makes sense. But one in five stay at home mums said that they measured their success by if my home is clean and organized. Mm. Boy, oh boy, can I relate to that? <laughs> yeah, I. it's funny when you first sent this through, I'll be brutally honest. I was like, Loz would find this interesting, but I, but I don't. <laughs> I'm not as clean as you. How can you not? Whatever. But I'm a liar. I'm trying to brand myself you as someone that clean. doesn't care. But I do care because whenever the house is messy – you just don't feel as good. It depends how much time you're spending at home too. Unfortunately for mothers, especially in the early days of mothering, we are spending more time at home, which really sucks because then we do feel like we need to do all the random little bits of cleaning that other people wouldn't notice. And even of a morning, if Ray's put toys everywhere and the house is chaos, I feel like a better person if I've put them away. So when I go to a friend's house and it's really clean, I feel impressed and then I feel a bit bad about myself which is ridiculous. If I go to a friend's house that's a bit messy without even realising I'm doing it, there's a little bit of judgement quickly there before I check myself or catch myself and think how beautiful that they've let the chaos of a toddler be present because the toddler is literally there, the toddler exists, 
and that they're comfortable enough with me and within themselves to actually let their house look like it's meant to be lived in. I saw two memes actually. Memes, no. Memes. I remember someone saying memes and I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) No, no, no. Actually, no, it was me. I thought it was memes. (laughs) And someone said to me, what are you talking about? So, oh God, I'm embarrassed. (laughs) No, so I saw two videos, not memes, the other day. One was hilarious. It was where, you know, that person puts their finger all over the house, like swipe something. And it was like from a man, it was like what women think when someone enters their home and they like run to under the couch and they're like, I knew it. This is filthy. Or like they go under the cushions like these are Yeah, that's what we think about our own homes. Like that's so funny. But the other one that actually got me was with this grandparent. I don't know why I'm served this stuff because I'm probably just consuming like a freak over here. With this grandparent saying how sad it was that when she was a mother, she packed away all of her toys and now that she's a grandparent, she doesn't have any of that anymore. Yeah, like, like you're only pack, packing away the evidence in real time when yeah, it's, like, it's like we're trying to raise our children. Part of our life? I love cleanliness and I know we've spoken about this before. How do you go with like lunchtime? You've got both your kids at home with you. It's just you that day. Yeah. I always wonder with clean people, I find it hard enough to be like, oh, fine, I'll just give that to you in your hand or you can create all this mess. How do you actually oh, deal with it? Here's a hack. I call it alfresco dining loop. Oh. And we just go outside. Minus two degrees, no worries. Get outside, alfresco kids. Alfresco dining. <laughs> all right, Sienna Zaver, outside. Um, no, I love eating outside though for that reason. But that when it's help. freezing, clearly it's inside. I mean, I'm not some like torturous to my children. Um, you just get over it. Yeah. but So it doesn't actually trouble you to that level. No, but I mean, when the kids are in bed, I'm vacuuming. Like it needs to be cleaner. I can't go to sleep and have my house look filthy the next day. Yeah. Like it stresses me out. I also know that if I'm having people over, I I keep a relatively clean house but not to the level that you do. So there'll be those last things like wiping down the stove or something for me where I turn into like fight or flight mode. Who's looking at your stove? Yeah. No one. Good fucking question. No one. looking at my stove. And I reckon Hayden looks at me and he's like, what just happened to her? She was just being herself five minutes ago and now she's like it's like you know you get a dust storm you know cartoon like a dust storm behind you that's how I think I look and I do turn a bit frenzied but I'm like who am I doing this for I've got like my best friend coming in yeah no one cares they actually don't or if they do it's so fleeting it's such a fleeting thought yes that within the two seconds that you're thinking it your kid's already I don't know doing putting something in their mouth and you're thinking about that yeah they're unpacking the toy box as soon as they walk in anyway something that I do think is interesting is the fact that pretend Hades and I were going to a friend's house for dinner let's say the mum was away she mm-hmm. wasn't there she's at work she's away doing something she's getting her nails done hopefully let's let's hope she's getting a like nails that. done or a massage if that was the case and the mum wasn't present I would not even think twice about how the dad had kept the house that yeah, day. Which actually is very good something point. because I think of myself as a feminist, but I even would quickly be more quick to judge a mother on the cleanliness of her house than a father before checking myself. That only lasts a second, don't get me wrong. I pull myself up mm. on it. But I think it really shows us that because in early motherhood we get so attached to the house, society still places mothers at home a lot of the time. So then we do think it's our responsibility, which is wild. And we do think it's a direct representation of our value. I agree. If I walked into a house and even let's just say it was Hades and you were away, I'd be like, poor Hades. 
Look at him just thriving with the kids. I know, and you 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 know better than that. Of but course, you still I do. would think that. Yeah, Isn't I can't help amazing? myself. I know. Do you know what this discussion reminds me of? It reminds me of that quote that's been doing the rounds for a few years that says mothers are meant to work like they don't have children, and they're meant to mother as though they don't have jobs. And I want to add a third to that, and that's that we're meant to keep house as though no kids exist within it. Loz, I recently read that postnatal depletion affects over 50% of mothers and the effects of it can last for up to 10 years after giving birth. Gosh, that's a long time. No wonder we're so tired. What many new mothers don't know is that if they don't replete and recover from the early phase of motherhood, they will feel the effects for years to come. I'm 18 months postpartum now and I think postnatal depletion really kicked into gear for me around the six-month mark. When do you think that sense of depletion really began to hit you? I think for me it was later. It was around the eight-month mark. It's such an important topic. When mother and founder of the 10th Co, Frida Algars, completed tests with Dr. Oscar Serilach, her results showed significant depletion in key vitamins and minerals. This led to a whole host of things, digestion challenges, low mood and anxiety, lack of sleep, skin breakouts, and the list goes on. She was so compelled by what she found that she created a supplement with Dr. Serilach that works to relieve fatigue, assist energy production, calm the mind and support healthy mood balance. What I love about what Frida is doing through the 10th Co is her conversations around the fact that just because postnatal depletion is common, it doesn't mean that it's normal. There are so many things in motherhood and postpartum that we brush to the side because we're busy and we think it's normal, but the 10th Coast message serves as an important reminder to rethink the way we look after ourselves in motherhood. Anything that is intelligently made and serves a purpose for mothers, especially those trying to navigate work alongside their parenting, is a big yes for me. And me. You can shop the 10th Co's top-rated product, Flow State, and learn all about the burnout that led to the creation of this incredible product by visiting thetenthco.com. Listeners of Witching Hour will also receive $15 off using code FEELCALM through Witching Hour at checkout. I'm in a real opening mood today, Lou, so I'm going to open the next segment with uh, another celebrity divorce. Mm. I mean, look, I'm not going to go into the gossip, but Hugh Jackman, Deborah Lee Finesse, I mean, it's been all over the media. A bit sad from my perspective, but I uh, don't need to go into that. It's actually got me thinking, though, of this report that said there is no evidence to show that marriage makes you happier and healthier, especially for women. So happy wife, happy life is a bit irrelevant. Dead. <laughs> It's dead. We're cancelling it. Canning it. <laughs> the benefits of marriage to men are quite clear. Studies have shown married men have better health and happiness. They also have fewer illnesses, better mental health, and recover faster from sickness. Wow, because they're getting looked after by their mummy yeah, wives. Mate, they're getting a little foot rub, oh, the old cold and flu treatment, you know. A bit of ginger lemon tea. Oh, that sounds divine. But it is not so clear cut for women. In his 2020 book, Happy Ever After, A Radical New Approach to Living Well, behavioural scientist Paul Dolan, that could be wrong, of the London School of Economics analysed global data. He found that women who are single and have no children often claim to be happier than those who are married. They also live longer. Do you know what? Just this morning, I was listening to the end of the Beyond the Bump podcast episode, the most recent one, which is about flexible working and alarmingly Single mothers do less housework than partnered mothers. Does that surprise you? Sort of. Really? I mean, Why? it's not the case in my household. Oh. But well, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> That's like the best bit to come in on. How good. We're back. My uh, husband just walked in, the guy that I said that I've just like made sound like an absolute hero Saint. on this podcast. Saint. My husband. I know. Sickening. But no, it's, it's, cute. it's still surprising to me. It's not when you break it down because I guess there's less bodies in a house. Yeah, exactly. That's but, how I was thinking about it. Yes, but I still had a moment of like, fuck. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you're not surprised at all. No. I can't even get you there. I'm trying. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to go into the next bit. So what does it actually mean? It means that the stigma attached to women getting married doesn't equate to a happier, more fulfilled life. In fact, studies are suggesting the exact opposite. Mm. So I do wonder whether, I mean, in 10 or 20 years' time, is marriage even going to be a thing? I agree. I think we're already seeing it's dropping off or it's happening later or people are having different types of weddings. So they do want to get married and they do want to celebrate their love. But I think we are seeing a lot of different types of wedding, which might be a post-COVID thing and it also might be a bit of a change of the times thing. What do you think it is? Mm, I just think people placing less value on it. And I also think our legal system has changed. Yeah. So previously, obviously – you needed to be married, have that marriage certificate to be financially entitled yeah. to something or whatever. Yeah. Right? But now you don't. Like you can live under the same roof, have a bank account for a year and you're de facto. Yeah. So does it really make – like what is the difference? So are people better protected now that are in partnerships than they used to be in terms of marriage? Oh, absolutely. I, didn't, I don't even know the laws. Yeah, 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 for sure. I also think that when men get married, for a lot of them, they just replace their mothers with their wives and they just expect the same set of tasks to be done, I think, by their wives. Even if I think back, Hades and I started dating really early. I was 18 and he was 23. And it wasn't so much that he expected things from me, but I definitely did more for him back then than I do now, which is a mixture of things, I think. It's that times have changed, but also I was so young. I definitely think the age that you meet someone impacts the relationship that you have. And I'll use myself as an example. So similar to you, I met my husband, Ryan, when I was 19. Mm. Gee, we met them young. We're boring. Oh, it's so boring. Um, And when I was 19, like the person that I was, like I was wanting to impress and seduce Oh, if he listened to this, I would actually vomit. Hilarious. With a bit of dust. No, joking. Um, <laughs> but I did. I was a different person. Like I wasn't as confident in myself. I've grown a lot. Um, there was things that I would obviously, I don't know, when you're 19, you're young. It's so different. It is so different. Yeah. Even my set of values is so different. Yeah, from and the things that you now. want from life are different. Yes. And I also think, not saying at the time when I was 19, I didn't think like Ryan would be my life partner. Yeah. But I wasn't like thinking about marriage at 19. No. I was like, this guy's nice. Yeah, like we'll him. see how it goes. I'm, um, I'm going to seduce him, as you said. Yeah, and then years <laughs> later, here we are. Yes. So the age that you go into it makes an enormous difference yeah, it's as not to like, how the relationship's set up. It's not like a man that's been living on his own potentially for 10 years that's had that time of independence. No. For a lot of people, if you are coupled early on, there's potential, you're potentially moving out together for the first time. So they haven't had that sense of independence. No. And so I think a lot of women, particularly in in male-female relationships, carry that load that their mums carried before them. Yeah. I know marriage and parenthood are different, but I think we can assume that for a lot of people, marriage then leads to kids. Not everyone, but a decent, a decent portion of people that get married go on to have kids. 
And I think a huge reason that so many married women are unhappy is because of what happens in households after kids. So studies have shown that before children, both men and women have quite equal divides in the household. They both do about 15 hours of housework a week. Mm -hmm. After children, mothers go up to 30 hours, dads stay the same. I don't have the data to say this, but I reckon there's a correlation between the mental load and the invisible load of what they're carrying at home and dissatisfaction in marriages. They Mm. end up signing up for basically an extra 15 hours worth of work a week. Oh, no one wants to do that for free. For free is the imperative word. Exactly. It's unpaid work. Yeah. The funny thing is I think women are actually a little bit more simple than men give us credit for. If you do the housework, I almost guarantee you, again, I don't have stats for this, but your sex life is going to improve. So Kate Revs and Gemma Peanut from We Don't Have Time For This, the podcast, released this video with Guy Sebastian and it starts off with these resentful wives who are doing laundry around their husbands and they're looking at them just in the exact way that we've all done it in the past. Then all of a sudden their husbands start doing folding, they start doing dishes and the the girls are feeling randy. I love how you change your voice when you're saying this like, Mm, I'm feeling a little bit like yeah it's cool mm, thanks mm. I don't know what I'm feeling like but I'm trying to I'm trying to paint a picture of that they go from hating their partners to feeling seduced by them and I know that when I see her and do things without me even thinking of them take the rubbish out vacuum do all of his laundry which he, he he's great with and he actually does all those things mm-hmm. but in those moments I'm like you look hotter than ever yeah you look better than you've ever looked yep Amen. So if you want to get into bed with your partner and you want her to feel happy with you, just carry your load, I reckon. I reckon that's where the dissatisfaction is coming from. In a recent poll, I asked the Ready or Not community how daycare pickup and drop-off was shared with their partner if they have one. What percentage of people do you think said it's all on them? 90. 26. (laughs) Shivers. Gosh, that says a lot about my situation, doesn't it? (laughs) That's awkward. How many do you think said I do one and then partner slash village, you know, say it's a grandparent or whatever, does the other? Oh, well, I've failed at the first one. God, maybe I'll go higher, like 70%. Oh, bang on, 70%. So 70% of people are sharing drop-off and pick-up, which I think is really cool because I don't think that would have been the case 20 years ago. I am genuinely in disbelief though. Like I threw out that number because I thought maybe that would be the correct answer, but that's not what I think. Really? No, absolutely not. That really surprises me. How come? Probably because in our household I do majority of Mm. daycare pick-up and drop-off. Um, and <laughs> why is that? Is that just to do with time of when Ryan it's, leaves and gets home? Yeah, yeah, it's to do with time, and I'm on mat leave at the moment, mm. so I have a bit more flexibility. Mm. Obviously, it'll change when we go back to work. Yeah, I mean that's a key thing when we, well, <laughs> you and you and me and Zave. <laughs> How ridiculous when I go back to work. You're um, just putting him on the resume. Yeah, Rolls really well. So cute. <laughs> but I tend to see the same people every day. So that's why I would say I was surprised when you said that amount. That's really interesting. So I live in Rye on the Mornington Peninsula and I swear to God, half the people down here are tradies. So okay. it's often mums at drop off and dads at pick up. Like Hayden will see 5,000 dads at pick up. See, I, I think in the area that I live, I've maybe seen one dad. That's really interesting. I've never seen a grandparent. Yeah, I rarely see grandparents too, but I do see a lot of dads. That's really interesting. I wonder if it's because you live in an area where the community is probably more 
corporate and going into the CBD and like I don't know. higher income and <laughs> affluent. No, I'm joking. Um, no, but it's true. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe not for us, but <laughs> for others <laughs> potentially. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's just that really surprised me. And what do you think it will be like for you when you return to paid work? Like what do you oh, think that's the a good would one. Be? It depends on – Ryan travels a lot and it depends yeah. on his hours. I don't know. Obviously, it will be a conversation that we'll have to have – because my hours will be very different and there'll be times when I'll need to work early or late, mm. vice versa with Rye. So I guess we'll just have to work it out. Stay tuned. Yeah. Watch this space. I also wanted to ask the community for a bit of a pep up for people that have shit drop-off days. We're entering that phase where Ray is 18 months old and he's very aware of me leaving now. I don't know if my heart's made of like part stone because it doesn't upset me too much, but it definitely doesn't feel great. When your child is crying. But is someone coming to him when he's like that and comforting him? Yes, our angel Tiana yeah. picks him up and cuddles him. So it's definitely softens the blow, but it is different for sure when your child starts to become a bit more aware and a bit more clingy. So I did ask the community if they're getting in the car after a shit day of drop-off, what do they tell themselves? Here's what they said. Consider this your little pep talk for when you're feeling a bit flat about daycare drop-off. He is loved there and he's so busy. I love this one. It's pretty just blunt and straightforward. They're fine once I'm gone. They can offer them things that I can't always do at home, activities, experiences, and more. Mine is anything messy. I don't want any mess in my house. And like, Ray's too young for painting. I see him paint there and I'm like, I'm not going to do that with you at home. Do you know I did that once and I made the fatal mistake of putting little pots of paint within reach? I swear to God, I turned my back for like three seconds and Sienna had poured them. Oh. All out, and like I was like, babe, you're meant Work to paint. Me here. You're lucky <laughs> Don't you're painting pour it. Home. Yeah, that was a first and last for me. So daycare's great for that. Another person said they're in good hands and are likely happy as Larry minutes after I leave. I love this one. The other day, I got in the car and my friend had a big work day. She often works from home, but to this day she wasn't. So it's just a bit more sort of toing and froing, having to drop off, having to actually look office ready, all of that stuff. And when I got to daycare, her daughter ran up to me and gave me a hug and then I put her down and she was really happy. And I got in the car and told her that and she was like, I'm so glad you told me that because when I left, she was really upset and it sucked. And I was like, we've comforted each other because hearing that she was upset when you dropped her, but then she was fine after you left made me realize that when I dropped Ray and he was upset that he was also going to be fine the next minute. So I think keeping that in mind is so important. One other person said, what's best for me in brackets returning to work is best for the family, which is best for my baby. I think that is a spot on mindset. I love that. And just to close, one of my best friends, absolutely brutal this one. Get used to it. School's coming, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll add one more to that. Daycare is so expensive. If you have to drop off your child and they have to be the first person there and the last person there, you're paying for it. Like I know it's horrible, but far out, you pay for the hours. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's where my guilt comes in. I think I'm pretty good at not feeling guilty about daycare and I'm, I don't really, I'm so sick of this whole mum guilt thing. I'm just like, let's drop the mum guilt. Let's just fucking stop even using that because no one says dad guilt. But I do feel bad if he's first there and one of the last there. So I agree, you're paying for care, love and education for them. Let's use it and stop feeling shit about it. My tip this week is resume writing, something that's top of mind for me at the moment because, as you know, Lou, starting to put together a resume, joyous. 
Fuck, they're annoying. Oh, so annoying. It takes so long. Why does it take so long? Oh, because you just have to talk about your achievements like far out, mate. I feel just like meet with me for Christ's sake. Yeah, and like every job you apply for, it's like you're rewriting to their their Well, it has to be tailored. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you should tailor it. There's a tip. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Please tailor it. I'd rather not re- Please reply. tailor it. So my tip is sometimes when you've taken mat leave, like myself, it can be a bit tricky to know what to do with your resume. I read something recently that resonated. What I didn't want to do is be like career break. I know that actually you have done that on your LinkedIn. Yeah, I think I did put career break. Yeah, so I didn't want to do that. Uh, So instead what was suggested to me is in the profile section of your resume up the top, so a bit about you, you can kind of put something small in there that says, you know, I'm a marketing executive with 15 years experience, strong track record of blah, 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 looking for a dynamic role after a three-year career break focused on my family. You know, it kind of slides in there without being too in your face. Clearly, I didn't have a three-year career break. That would be freaking nice. Um, But, you know. Would it though? Like, honestly, we were just saying that being Yeah, man, if I won lottery, I'll actually know you. You're probably (laughs) right. You've contradicted yourself big time I'm a fool. I'm a fool. (laughs) You're a fraud. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, you could say like a short career break. Something like that. I think mm. it just sounds way more organic. It It's not as that, in your face. It feels better for me even picturing myself writing a resume with that rather than sort of itemising it and making it a really big part of your experience section. It's yeah. more just mentioning it at the top. This is where I'm at in my life. This is what I've done. I think what happens with women is they become innately very nervous that they've taken a year off mm. in inverted commas. So when you put that in your resume – it becomes even more obvious and then you just become stuck on it. Like, yeah. And you're worried about the flexibility that you require and all that sort of shit that can come with if you are the primary carer and you're not going back full time. Exactly. There's a lot of extra stress that you feel like you may be putting up too early. Yeah. So there's my tip. That's, That's my tip for this tip. week. So I fucked up with that LinkedIn thing is what you're saying. <laughs> no, man. Keep it. looks great. My tip this week is to set up a me fund. I don't care if you're putting $5 a week into this fund. Maybe you're putting a hundred. A little saving stash. Yes. And it's just for you. So recently I went away for two nights with my girlfriends, four mums, one little baby who's three months old and very, very unbelievable. I slept in the same room as her and she slept. You didn't tell me that. How good. Each day. Three month old? Yeah. Far out. Didn't wake up overnight. Unbelievable. Are you actually joking? Yeah, I would have needed my own room with Ray, which would have been unaffordable. So I wouldn't have been going on that holiday if it was Ray. But yeah, it was incredible. Being by a pool, pregnant for two days. Oh, it sounds heavenly. a child yeah. near a pool, which is like obviously not fun. It's so stressful. It was so good. So even if your me fund just gets you a spa treatment, I don't care what it is, set it up. Cost of living is obviously a big topic at the moment. $5 a week is fine and then use it in a year. I love that. I love having a little fund for yourself. That wraps things up for today's episode of Witching Hour. As always, if you have loved listening to today's episode, please leave us a review and follow us on readyornot.com.